Hey, welcome back to the Oklahoma Prepper. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, streaming, or however you choose to listen. I'm sure thankful to have you here. My name is Matthew Sheets. I'm coming to you from Oklahoma. And we, today we're going to discuss how it's easy to get wrapped up in things and good things to do, bad things to do. Then we're going to get into Oklahoma stuff. There's new new, new laws. There's new, new all kinds of stuff to talk about. Some of it's good, some of it's stupid, and some of it's just greedy-ass state shit. And then, of course, we have the Democratic Party. In case you hadn't noticed, I'm not a big fan of them because they're stupid. But we'll get into that here in a little bit. And again, thanks for tuning in. So without further ado, let's jump right into the mayhem. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Oklahoma Prepper. So whether you're new or a seasoned vet in the prepping stuff, it's not easy, it's not hard to get wrapped up in wants, wishes, and desires. I know for me personally, I would do really good during a zombie apocalypse. That's kind of a good mind game to play with because I don't know that you can actually get worse than that. But maybe you can. Everybody's got their own ideas. No matter what you prep for, though, you're going to be way, way better off than 90% of the general population. Most people are more worried about what they're going to do that evening instead of what they're going to do six months after the power goes out. So no matter how you decide to prep, you're going to be better off. Uh, Leaving the zombies aside, and again, it's a fun mind game. I enjoy it. Let's consider what we can do to actually be prepared for whatever may come. Most of us would agree that food, water, and personal defense is at the top of the list. Without those three things, well, food, water, shelter, and personal defense, you've got to be able to protect yourself. Those those four things really need to be at the top of your list. But there's other things to focus on, and what you focus on is really going to depend on your geographic locations. If you're in a desert and you're in a hot, dry climate, you really need to think about water storage. That is going to be a big deal because you just don't have access to a ton of water, where if you're living on a lake probably don't need to take up all that floor space with five, six, seven, eight hundred gallons of water storage, especially when you have a good supply of it right there that you can sterilize. Now, yes, I agree, you know, sterilized water tastes like crap, but it will sustain you, okay? It doesn't have to taste good to keep you alive, and that's one thing we need to keep in mind. So, how much floor space do you take up with everything? That depends on you. Personally, with my house, I'm not going to store a lot of water inside. I do have some, yes. Don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I'm not going to take massive amounts of water and store it here in the house because I do have access to lakes, rivers, streams. I have a pool in the backyard, and I know, I know, I'm not arguing there's controversy on whether or not pool water is even acceptable to drink but the truth is yes you can drink pool water and i would use it to protect my family to to make sure my family has plenty of water not to flush the toilet but to drink those are the things that concern me the most and then of course the food in fact i just had to buy another deep freeze to store more food so now i have three deep freezes plenty of frozen stuff there so long as the power is up and running i'm in good shape 
but keep in mind that things you need to purchase, store, and maintain all take up valuable real estate. So maximize your floor space, maximize your wall space, buy good quality shelves, don't get junk, and don't skimp out on other things because you feel like you need you you have to you have to balance the things you need. That's what I'm trying to get at. Um, got to keep in mind you got to have food, you got to have water, you got to have shelter, you got to have your bug out stuff, you got to have your bug in stuff. Yes, but you also have to have medical supplies, clothing, wood for cooking and heat. So wherever you're at, or, or propane, you have to have. If you got a propane stove, you've got to have propane. Otherwise, the stove is completely junk. And the things that you keep, the things that you store, really need to depend on your strengths and your weaknesses. So it is important if you're getting into the prepping stuff, you've got to sit down and you've got to self-evaluate. That's not fun. I know that. It sucks. It sucks to admit that I am not good at A, but I am better at B, but I am extremely good at C, to where my partner or my friend or Somebody who is in the same prepping group as I am in is better at A. So I can provide C while they provide A, and then we can work together on B. None of us want to admit that we need to do better, we could do better, we we should do better, whatever. Self-evaluation sucks, but it is absolutely imperative if you plan on surviving any length of time beyond the end of the world. Okay. So, and the end of the world, I know that's an extreme thing, okay, but whatever. Let's just roll with it and have fun, okay? Another thing we need to keep in mind is as we go through the steps to have our supplies ready for what may come is our budget. Everybody has to have a budget. You only make X number of dollars per month, and then you have your mortgage, your rent, whichever it is. You have car payments, or you have maintenance, you have... You have things you have to pay. In the end of the world, and I'm going to say this, there's two things that's going to come back online immediately. The IRS and the tax collector. Now, which one will actually pop up first? I don't know, but I would bet it's within hours of each other. So don't get behind on your bills. Don't go out and max your credit card out. And think, oh God, I have to have that folding shovel that's got a pocket knife in the end of it, a little spiky thing, so I can pop a hole and you know, stop, okay? Just balance your money. If you've got $200 a month to spend in your prepping, hold on to it. You don't have to spend it. If you get paid on the first, it doesn't have to be gone by the fifth. Hold on to your money. Take your time. The end of the world is not going to come tomorrow. Well, at least not that I'm aware of. Nobody sent me the memo on that. But go to go to estate sales. Go to flea markets. Try to find the best deal you can. It doesn't matter whether you have a $200 a month budget or $2,000 a month budget. The further you can make that money stretch, the better off you're going to be. And again, take a couple hundred dollars, lock it up there at the house. Because if the end of the world comes, chances are the fiat money system that we have will still be accepted even if we have hyperinflation. It may cost you $200 for a loaf of bread, but that loaf of bread may be the thing that helps keep you out of 
harm's way. I mean, health-wise, not, you, you understand what I'm getting at. And don't skimp on your extra clothing, okay? All of us have extra clothes. Well, not so much me. I've got five pairs of jeans. I got like six or seven shirts, etc. I don't keep a lot of clothes. But I do have a week's worth of clothes without having to worry about laundering them. And blankets, you need blankets, you need shoes. You're going to have a storage space for all this stuff. Personally, I plan on bugging in. That is my goal. If if the shit hit the fan, I want to be able to stay right here in my home. This is where all my preps are at. This is where I'm comfortable at. I know the security of my home. I know the layout. I can walk it in the dark with my eyes closed and get blindfolded, whatever. You, you understand what I'm getting at. If I have to bug out, that has to be, for me, an extreme situation where I can no longer defend my home. So that is a last resort for me, not my first resort. However, if you're living in a large city and you're in an apartment, bugging out may be your best option. So take those things into effect. How am I going to, if I'm if I'm bugging in, how long can I stay here? Can I secure the premises? Can I secure my home? Can I secure my family? If I'm bugging out, what do I have to have with me? And can I get a secondary location, whether it be a storage locker, a piece of property, maybe a trailer rental? I don't know. That's up to you. It depends on where you're at. But can you get a secondary location to store a small amount of supplies? doesn't have to be huge. You don't have to be able to maintain six months worth of stuff. But you do need to think about how are you going to get supplies after you get out of your primary location where you're currently at. So, don't get stupid with your money. Be sure to save some. Keep some cash on you. Don't raise your credit cards because, like I said, the IRS and the debt collectors would be the first thing back up. Another thing that is commonly overlooked is just plain Jane knowledge. People, look, we live in the 21st century. We literally have more information at our fingertips than any generation ahead of us. I mean, any generation and it's not just in books we have the internet learn watch the videos if you go to youtube and you're going to watch videos there first off don't think that you're going to be made an expert by a youtube mechanic video that's absolutely asinine and if that's your entire total educational process right there you're probably listening to the wrong show okay because I'm, I'm telling you don't do that i'm not going to encourage that i'm not going to support that is it a place to get started, to get some ideas? Absolutely. I look at this Wikipedia the exact same way. It's a place to go to get a general idea, but I don't trust the things that are up there. But you can purchase books. You can purchase. There's so much you can get for free, too. And you can download these things. You can get them right to your phone. And if you do that, turn your phone on airplane mode and test these things out to make sure what you have. The truth is you don't have to be a human encyclopedia. You do need, however, to have enough working knowledge to make something work and enough knowledge to know where you can find the information in case something comes up. These things can spell the difference between life and death. If you need to build a shelter and you don't know exactly how to do it, at least know where you can find information to do so. And take some time go look at it and 
just build a shelter to build you a shade pot out in the out in the daggum woods or something. I mean, just practice a little bit of practice to go a long ways. Trying to memorize the details of something will, will just, it'll bog you down. They say the devil is in the details. Well, there's some truth and not so much truth in that. You need to have, you got to have a hard time recalling all the little, little detail things. And you're going to actually wind up bogging yourself down. That will actually harm you in the end. Know where to look, have a general knowledge, and you're going to be better off. And, you know, another thing we get caught up in it. We've got all kinds of gadgets and gizmos and doohickeys and thingamabobbers and man, there's all kinds of neat stuff, okay? And there's battery operated this and solar operated that and wind operated. Look, simple is better. Okay? Just a a deck of cards, you'll never have to worry about the battery running out. And if it comes right down to it, you got fire kindling. Smartphones, they're a great invention. But if you rely on that for everything, you're only hurting yourself. Okay, Rely on yourself and the things you can do. Am I saying leave those things out? No. They definitely have their place. But don't don't think that that smartphone is going to be anything other than a paperweight if you can't get to a charger. But can you use your cell phone? Absolutely. You could put your books on it. You can put your audio books on it. And another thing I think people really down count sometimes is a game. And I, I, I realize you're, you're probably thinking, come on, man. I mean, we're going to be thinking about trying to eat, trying to stay alive, trying to do this, trying to gather water. You're right. And, you know, this you can go either way on. But you really have to consider you're not going to spend, there's 24 hours in a day. You're not going to spend all 24 hours doing nothing but survival. you got to have eight hours of sleep, which will leave 16 hours in the day. Of that 16 hours of the day that's left, you're going to spend eight to 14 hours doing survival things, whether that be hiking to a new location, maintaining the things that you have, gathering food, water, resources, whatever. So it's going to give you some downtime. And if you're doing nothing but thinking about everything that's going on around you, you're going to go absolutely nuts. So, I use Audible. I have the Google Play books, books, um, Google TV. There's uh, there's there. I I do a lot on Amazon, so I have movies that I purchased and I download them into my device, and I can watch them offline. It sounds stupid, but if you don't have a way to zone out, doing something, whether it be a game of solitaire or Rocky Five, makes no difference. You've got to have a way to zone out. Otherwise, you're going to lose your daggum mind. Speaking of books, there's going to be a couple that I would highly suggest. Now, again, it depends on your geographic location, where you're at, what you're doing, as to exactly which ones you get. But these are the three that I keep with me in case something goes wrong. Now, one of them is the SAS Survival Handbook. This has a lot of medical information in it, some general first aid, some advanced first aid, good resource book for me to go to for things that I don't quite know how to handle. I also have the Anarchist Cookbook. It's just generally good to have, and it gives you an idea of how to build a lot of traps, a lot of different things. 
put things together with it. You just go through the Anarchist cookbook. There's some pretty neat stuff in there. Another thing, and this is one that I think everybody should have in their digital bookshelf or on their physical bookshelf, is the Emergency Response Guidebooks, the ERG. This book is one that's passed out to emergency services. Police, fire, EMT, uh, military. It's passed out to the emergency operation guys, the EOC. It's a general book. It's got your hazmat stuff. Now, how is hazmat stuff going to help us in the other world? OSHA's not even going to be here, right? Yeah, I get it. But one thing that is going to be a factor is there are going to be there are going to be dangerous chemicals left after all the people are gone. This book is going to have with you, and you're going to be able to identify not just the material, the chemical makeup, but the containers, how to properly handle it, any PPE that's required to use with it. Because, you, again, you have to keep yourself safe. And... Some of these books, I think the ERG book is one that you can download for free on the internet. And the next one, I think you can download for free. But the SAS book, the, the emergency handbooks, you can get them very reasonable through Amazon. You can get them through Kindle. You can get them through Google Play Books. And these are books that while you're not going to sit up at night reading them, they're not they're not gripping your attention they are books that you can just keep on there in a worst-case scenario. They, they can save your life. Now, here in Oklahoma, we have the Oklahoma Field Operations Guidebook. This is the Oklahoma Office of Homeland Security. This is version 2.0, and it was put out in 2014. Don't think another one has come out. I'm going to have to look into that. Now, this is a little pocketbook. It looks like a spiral notepad, just oversized. Now, the first part of this book, it gives you the introduction. It lets you know what everybody's doing. It's got a table of index. And then it gets right into different things. It's got guidelines for radio communications, how to use the OK fog, etc., etc. And then it's got a map of Oklahoma. And then it gets right into different counties. And then, yes, the first part of this book has got the phone number, the cell phone number. It tells you what they're on. VHF, UHF, the 800 megahertz, the OK Wind system, etc., etc. But if you go to the back of the book here, and this is really neat, I've used this a lot, but it actually gives you the frequencies of where these law enforcement agencies, these these rescue services, it's it gives you the frequencies for send and receive. TX is your send, RX is receive. And it actually gives you the receive, send, and all the other stuff. It tells you what the channel output is, how it should read on your screen. That way your radio matches their radio. It, it, it just breaks it down. It makes it really handy. And if something happens and you have to do that, then you can get a hold of these people. Now, if you become a ham radio operator, one thing you're going to learn about is harmful interference. You can't just program in the local PD station on your daggum ham radio and expect to talk to them. Yes, you can do it physically, but if you do it, you're causing what is called harmful interference because you're interfering with a emergency response radio frequency. Now, even if it is a true blue emergency, 
you will be sued for harmful interference and you have to be able to justify your actions in front of a judge and in front of a jury so plan on being sued having your equipment seized at the end of the whatever and then going to court to prove why you did what you did it better be a last resort one of those things your cell phone was destroyed smoke signals were out of the question there wasn't a carrier pigeon to be found and you had both legs broken and couldn't crawl because there were spikes around you not saying you can't do it but if you do do it you better have a good reason for doing it because that is harmful interference it is illegal you will lose your license if it's not justifiable so moving on from that we have to think about transportation now bicycles that's a good one you're not going to have to worry about gas however you will still need oils Keep that in mind. You have to maintain your equipment. I can't say this enough. No matter what you have, you have to maintain it. But if you have gas-operated things, whether it be a motorcycle, a moped, a four-wheel drive truck, a Humvee, you're going to have to have whatever fuel it takes to power that device. So if it's gasoline, you're going to have to have extra gasoline. If it's diesel, you got to have extra diesel. Bicycles? They're good for short ranges unless you're my father-in-law and then he travels like 3,000 miles over a weekend on a bicycle. How he does it, I have no idea. But bicycles are good because they're quiet. They don't make noise. There's no engine. There's no exhaust. Scout on them. And there is there are options where you can actually hook a trailer up and carry some supplies back with you. However, how much you can carry depends on your personal experience, where you're at, how you're handling things. Another thing to keep in mind is you're going to be doing a lot of hiking, a lot of walking if this goes down. So make sure you've got good hiking boots. Make sure you've got good quality socks. You need to have winter gear for cold weather. And even though, even in the summer, Okay, when it's 110 degrees out, now granted, depending on where you're at, it's depending on what that is here in Oklahoma, that's not uncommon. Going naked may be the thing you want to do because it's 118 degrees in the shade and the breeze that is blowing feels like it's adding 10 degrees to that temperature. But that's probably one of the worst things you can do. Don't do that, okay? You need to protect your skin. So have clothes that are loose, relatively loose not so loose they're catching on everything and actually causing you more problems but loose enough that they can breathe and thin enough they can breathe but thick enough to protect you from the sun so those are things to consider too and while you're out and about you know i've I've talked about this before you if you're the only person in your family that's prepping then you're going to do great but it's going to be extremely hard if something happens, the rest of your family's not at least got an idea. They don't have to be completely on board per se, but they need to have a general idea. Now, <clears throat> I love my family. I would do anything for my family. Literally, I, w- I would do anything for my family. But they're not always going to be with me. And if something bad goes down, I don't know where they're going to be at. So here where I live at there's a river that runs right through town the Caney River runs right through the middle of town now there are ways to get around it if it blows out of the river and that happened back in 1986 
So I know the ways to get around the Caney River so I can make it to both parts of town, but it's a quite a long drive for me to do so. Not horrible. It's not like it can't be done, and I'm not going to do it unless I absolutely need to. But if need be, I, I do have ways to get around. But one thing you need to consider is, first off, where are you going to meet? What is your location? And if you have small children, who's going to get these children, depending on where they're at? If it's not going to be you, it needs to be somebody they know, or they need to have a code phrase. Say, an adult walks up to the child, and it's somebody they kind of know, maybe, they've seen them with you, you know, and they say, hey, Susie, did you hear about Bobby Jean going to the lake? And then Susie can respond, yeah, she found a starfish at the bottom of the lake, which was really weird because it was fresh water. Okay, that's stupid, whatever, I get it. But some kind of a catchword, catchphrase, so that that parent or that adult and that child know they can go together and be safe. And it's not information you want to publish on Facebook or Twitter or MeWe or any other social media platform. Good God, stay off social media. Listen, have a way to get with people Get to a meeting place and have a backup plan in place just in case you can't be the one to be there. On another note, after you manage to get everybody together, after you've found a meeting place, you hit the fan, you're there, there's something else you seriously have to consider. And it's not fun to consider it, but you're crap. Yeah, you're crap, literally and figuratively. You need to consider what you're going to do with the waste. You don't want to be pooping in the same room you're trying to eat and sleep in. But on that same token, you don't want to go out and do it and just leave it because you're going to wind up bringing in predators. And it's not just the two-legged predators that I'd be concerned about. It's the four-legged predators as well. So have a plan to get rid of your waste. Again, keep a shovel and bury your poo. As far as food waste and other things like that, Have a be, be ready to take a hike to get rid of that waste or bury it or burn it. There's a lot of things you can do, but have a way to, to get rid of that stuff. And last but not least, one thing you hear a lot at, the, at these, these kids today, they're all about, oh my God, we got to get into the green life. We got to reduce, reuse, reduce, reuse. You know, that was the actually the thing 60, 70 years ago. Milk came in glass bottles and you would use the milk and then you would put the bottle back out on the stoop and the milkman would come and swap out empty bottles for full bottles. You reuse them bottles, okay? You didn't buy plastic. Everything came in glass jars. And when you were done, you could reuse you could reuse those glass jars for drinking glasses, food storage, or jar had jars for you know, nails, screws, you had piggy banks. This is not a new thing, but this society has gotten away from it. And when things go bad, there are other things you need to keep in mind. First off, how are you going to reuse what you got? Because you don't want to have to keep repurchasing everything every single time you use it. Which, at that point, you're not even going to have that option. You're going to have to re reuse what you have. And laundry. Your washer and dryer is going to look really nice sitting there in the closet. But you're not going to be able to use it. 
How are you how how are you gonna do laundry? Does anybody even know what a washboard is anymore, or a clothesline? I know people who still use those things. They still know exactly what those things are, but they don't necessarily use them on a regular basis. Which you don't have to. There's no reason to. We still have running electricity right now, but be prepared to do things the hard way, and don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Look, the green life. After she hit the fan, the scenario we ain't got water, we ain't got running water, we don't have running gas, we don't have running electricity. You're gonna have to figure it out because you're gonna go green or you're gonna die. Those are gonna be your options, or you're gonna have to find a place that has all these running things and place some kind of crazy exorbitant price in order to be there. And what that price is, well, it depends on you and what you're willing to give up in order to have those luxuries assuming you can find any place that does have those luxuries. But that's neither here nor there. Right now, the world is still ticking, so keep getting your food supplies up. Keep your medical supplies up. Keep getting ready for things. Keep some money set aside just in case. And don't be afraid to ask questions. So here we are, we're fixing to get back into the heavy, 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 heavy hunting season. Anybody who knows me or has listened to my podcast knows that I love to hunt, I love to fish, I love to be outdoors. So, there's some new changes <coughs> coming along to the turkey season. Then they start this fall. Uh, they're going to be restricting fall archery harvest to one tom only statewide. The fall seasonal limit is one tom only for gun and archery. Restricting fall gun season method for take to shotgun only. Uh, you're not going to be able to hunt with a rifle. Setting spring turkey seasons to April 16th to May 16th. Restricting spring turkey harvest to one tom only statewide. And spring youth turkey season as the as the Saturday and Sunday before opening day of the regular statewide spring turkey season. So, there's a few changes there. We're not going to be able to take any hens. You're only going to be allowed to take one tom, and that's because of the declining numbers. So, this, this is what you pay for when you purchase your hunting and fishing license and when you pay for your tags and things like that. You're actually paying for this research, <clears throat> and that's a good thing to be paying for. Look, these guys... They go out, they're actually paying attention, and they look for input. Every year I get I get an email from the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife uh, looking for input on what my thoughts and ideas are. They do it for everybody. It's not like I'm anything special, okay? They do this for everybody, to my knowledge, everybody I've talked to anyway, because they want a large idea of input. They, 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 they want that large pool of input so they can better make the laws to fit everybody's needs and wishes. So, another thing is if you know me, you know deer season has seasonal dates, such as deer archery opens October 1st, and it closes January 15th, and yes, I will be hunting virtually every day. Youth deer gun, I may be taking my son out for that, that's October 15th to October 17th, uh, 
Muzzleloader season is October 23rd to October 31st. Gun season is November 20th to December 5th. And then the holiday antlerless is December 17th to December 30th. Now, so as far as the state's concerned, deer season is closed. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't agree with the state. For me, deer season never stops. Deer season is every day, okay? We have archery, and then we have, you know, boomsticks, and then we have archery, and then we have boomsticks, and then we have archery, and then we have more boomsticks, and then we get into archery. Then we get into, <clears throat> then we get into, it's time to scout, and then we get into, it's time to pick up the drops, and then it's, got to scout some more and then you got to put your cameras out which my cameras stay out year round but you have to know what your herd is doing okay and then we get into archery and then boom then archery then boom then archery then boom okay look your season never actually ends okay i can't shoot at them every day but i can go out and see them and i can see how my herd i i, I realize this is not my herd but like i named them and I know who I'm eating that way. I love deer season. So, but deer season is coming up right around the corner. Turkey, tall fall turkey is going to be coming up right around the corner. Pay attention to your laws. There's a new book that's going to be coming out here this month or next month. I'm not sure exactly when they'll get that published. Or you can get the app, the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife app. That's also how you maintain your license these days. Doesn't matter if you have a lifetime license or a annual license that's not relevant you have to have the app that's how you get your license and that's also the easiest and fastest way to go through and buy tags if you have to buy individual tags so those are things that pay attention to but new changes on the turkey not sure if anything's changing on the deer i haven't seen the rest of it yet i've got to look that up but anyway get out hunt fish Fill your freezer up. Yes, it's totally worth totally worth it. Okay, moving on in other Oklahoma news. So as of July 1st, there's quite a few new laws going into effect. I have gone through and I've looked at them and I picked out a few of them just to go over. But I found, I found this list at the TulsaWorld.com. And if you're interested, you can go out and look at the same things. And you can see the entire list. But the Oklahoma Religious Freedoms Act, Senate Bill 368, went into effect. And that says that the government may not close a place of worship during emergencies, such as was seen during the COVID-19 pandemic. And then there's House Bill 1775, Teaching Aspects of Race. Students may not be taught that one race or gender is superior to another. Aw, sorry, Mr. Federal Government. I know they don't like that. Nor that a person, by virtue of their race or sex, bears the responsibilities or actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. Basically, what this bill is saying is you cannot teach critical race theory because it's crap. So, congratulations. Thank you to our lawmakers. And the last one I'm going to look at right here, and these, these are just the three I picked out, okay? I mean, you go look at it. It's at the TulsaWorld.com. 
In House Bill 1236, uh, the law creates a unit within the Attorney General's office to monitor and evaluate federal government actions for possible Tenth Amendment violations. The legislator would, by majority, be able to rule any federal executive order, federal agency rule, or federal legislative action as unconstitutional. The Attorney General's office unit would be funded through tax appropriations. And like I said, if you want to see a whole list, go to the TulsaWorld.com. You can take a look at it there. And then they are wanting to make more new whatever changes to our toll roads. Now, you these toll roads, I'm, I, whatever, it pisses me off, okay? When the toll roads went into place, it was about the 1950s when the first toll road went in here in the state of Oklahoma. It was supposed to be a toll road until the road was paid off. And that toll, that money was to build the road and help maintain the road. Well, they built more toll roads. Then they wrote a law saying, well, we can use the money off this road to help pay for this road. Okay, fine. We got better highways. It was able this year to get around and everything else. And but then they put up all these toll booths in order to collect that money for using the road. Okay, all you had to do is keep some change in your car. I don't understand why that's so hard to go through. But now they're saying, and I quote, we recognize the fact that our customers want safe, fast, and efficient way to travel our system. That was from the Oklahoma Secretary of Transportation, OTA Executive Director, Tim Guys. And they are wanting to convert to a cashless pay system. They say we live in a cashless society. He says, converting to a cashless tolling will relieve motorists who struggle to find cash to put in the coin machines. In addition, this will cut down the number of accidents at toll plazas. Now, how many how many accidents there are at toll plazas? I have no idea. So how are they going to do this? Well, you're going to have three options. And I'm going to opt for the third option because I'm getting sick of giving the state money. So, option number one, buy a Pike Pass. Now, you can go to pikepass.com or okpikepass.com, and if you look up Oklahoma Pike Pass, you'll be able to get it there. And they'll send you a little thing. It'll go up in your windshield, and then you go online, you add money to your card. And every time you go underneath that thing, it zips a few cents out of your account. Now, what they're saying is that you get a 20% discount for using Pike Pass. That is their preferred method of payment. I don't like giving the state any more information and definitely not my credit card number. So I don't feel comfortable doing that. The other option you're going to have is plate pay. Now what this system does is it's going to take a picture of your license plate. That picture will be sent to their main office. Their main office will then write up an invoice and they'll look up your information off your tag and then they will send you an invoice. But you're going to wind up paying about 75% more than the current cash rates. So doing this, they're not eliminating any fees. They're actually adding to them. Congratulations, state of Oklahoma. You're a bunch of crookeds. We, I, I, I'm sick of these crooks. So there's that option. Or you have option number three. And this is my option. Quit using the toll roads. Either make them free like they were supposed to or shut them down and just tear them up. I don't care which. Look, we still have all these old back roads. I used the toll roads because it was fastest, convenient, and it's not that big of a deal to keep change in my console so I can travel around. 
but now you're wanting to charge 75% more because I absolutely refuse to get a bike pass, fine. <clears throat> I will leave a little bit early. I will go through these smaller towns, and instead of giving the state the money, I will go through these small towns, and I will stop at restaurants and convenience stores along the way, and I will give those small rural communities my money. You've already screwed every town that you took the old highways from and made this new cash road for everybody to use because it's quicker, it's faster. Oh, you can travel 75 miles an hour. You don't have to slow down for the little bitty towns along the way. Look, you screwed all these communities. You shut towns down. So, you know what? I'm done. I'm not using your damn roads no more. I'm sick of it. I'm going to go back. I'm going to use Highway 66, the the old Interstate 66. I'll go back to using Highway 20, Highway 90, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm not using your damn cash roads no more. So there's your options. You have to decide what's best for you. But for me, I'm sick of it. So the last thing we have here in Oklahoma news is I guess I guess we're going to be electing a governor next year in the 2022 midterms. Uh, to my knowledge, to my understanding, from what I've been able to see, Kevin Stitt is going to be running again. And just a little history here. He was elected into office, and he took in. He got in as of January 14th of 2019. In my honest personal opinion, he hasn't done too horrible of a guy. He's also a Cherokee. Of the, uh, he's also a citizen of the Cherokee Nation. And, you know, you look at these guys, and for a lot of these guys who get into politics, it's all about their career, their thing, their this, their that. And their family's got to come along for the ride, whether they like it or not. Kevin didn't do that. His daughter was in high school at the time. He didn't move to Oklahoma City until she was able to graduate her senior year. That way she didn't have to move halfway through the school year, which is really cool. It added a lot of pressure to him having to travel back and forth, but it allowed her to finish with all of her friends and where she grew up at. So kudos to you. You rock. And Kevin is also very pro-Second Amendment. He's just seems like a really good guy who's actually trying to look out for the people of of Oklahoma. So as to whether or not he's the best candidate, you have to decide that. But, you know, I, I like him. I'm happy with him. He's probably going to wind up with my vote, but I'm not going to say that absolutely for certain until I see who else is running. So... We, we are going to have that come up. And also in the midterms, we have to really consider, do we want Republicans or Democrats in charge? We've already seen how things are going with the Democrat Party. And Oklahoma is not the only state that's going to be having the midterms, obviously. It's going to happen in all 50 states. So no matter where you're listening to this from, pay attention and think about who you're putting down on that ballot. Speaking of midterms coming up in all 50 states, Let's get right into the national stuff. Oh, good. Uh, you know, colleges used to be a place of higher education, a place where you could go and express your opinions, your ideas, and have good, solid debates and really try to figure things out. But not more, not now, not now. I don't know if this has always been around because it was not an issue when I went to school, but they now have a banned list. Now, if you have not seen the words and the phrases that have been banned, you've got to go look this up. But anytime they, they, they may as well be taking these books out of these colleges and just throwing them at a bonfire because that's 
for all intents and purposes, is metaphorically, it's what they're doing. Anytime you limit thought, you're destroying education. And these colleges, something, something's got to stop. It's, it's, it has to end. I'm not saying everything has to be taught super conservative, but on that same token, we cannot keep forcing the super liberal. You've got to allow people to come with their own ideas. You have to be able to accept people with their own ideas. And these colleges limiting things so hard where it's supposed to be higher education is absolutely absentine. It's ridiculous. It's got to stop. We've got to quit funding these things. Oh, God. But anyway, moving on, let's start talking about our favorite party. Now, if you've been paying attention to all the news, you've been hearing all this defund the police, defund them, revamp the police, redo all this. And in fact, let's go to the squad and see what they have to say. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities. I am for defunding the police. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Many affluent suburb, suburbs have essentially already begun pursuing a defunding of the police in that they fund schools, they fund housing. Okay, there you go. They want to defund the police. But now that the American Rescues Plan, or the, not the American Rescues, this, uh, whatever bill it is, uh, Jen P. Waski, whatever her name is, the press secretary, she get into it. She was actually asked this about, I believe, by a reporter from Fox, but don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's who it was. That that is an argument uh, to be made when the president never mentioned needing money for police to stop a crime wave when he was selling the American Rescue Plan. The American Rescue Plan, the state and local funding, something that was supported by the president. A lot of Democrats who supported and voted for the bill could help ensure uh, local cops were kept on the beat in communities across the country. As you know, didn't receive a single Republican vote. Okay, there it is. Now it's all Republicans' problem is the why police are in such bad shape. But hold, hold on, uh, just, just out of curiosity. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the, the um, investment in our communities. I am for defunding the police. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Many affluent suburb, suburbs have essentially already begun pursuing a defunding of the police in that they fund schools, they fund housing. So how is it, how is it they don't have any, there is no recordings that I have been able to find anywhere of the GOP, anybody in the GOP saying defund the police. No, this has all been from the Democratic Party because they're all a bunch of freaking asshats. So I don't know that I can make that any plainer, any clearer. And look, when is people going to wisen up? I, I do not see, I, I, I do not, I, I'm not seeing at all how the Democratic Party stands at living snowball's chance in hell at making it through the 2022 or the 2024 elections. But there's got to be some idiots out there that still vote for them. You know, this is absolutely asinine what they're doing. It's 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 it, i'm tired of it okay we need our police we need to support our police we need to be there for police so if you're listening to this you're obviously not an ass you're obviously not an idiot go out you know what buy your local cop a cup of coffee 
You don't have to do any more than that. Just buy them a cup of coffee, okay? They come into the gas station, same as all the rest of us. They're just human beings. Support them. You know what? Wave at them. Don't even have to buy them stuff. Just wave at them. Let them know that, hey, we got your back. We're here for you. We support you. Those are the things these guys need, okay? So there's that. And then, of course, Biden, their attack, the Democrats are attacking, obviously, law enforcement. And then they're also attacking gun owners. And Biden Biden made some more good remarks. Here, listen to this. The Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. If you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. So the question is when he's talking about that, okay, first off, the Second Amendment never limited on who could own a weapon. Those were other laws that were written. The Second Amendment was written for people who were law-abiding citizens, and it never limited you. You could buy a cannon then, and you can go buy a cannon now. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm seriously thinking about buying a two-inch cannon and parking it in my front yard just to piss some liberal asshole off. <clears throat> that is that is seriously going through my head. But then he gets into, if you want to take on the government, you need F-15s or nukes. So is this a threat that the president of the United States is making against the citizens? I mean... Am I reading that wrong? Is it maybe he's just making a bad joke? I don't know, but it sounds like he's making a threat, saying that's exactly what he's going to use. And if you're not playing on a level playing ground, you're going to lose. Now, I I will unequivocally say that I'm an asshole. Okay, I have no problem at all with that. I've been an asshole my whole life. I'm going to be an asshole the rest of my life. But it sounds an awful lot like the president. United States just threatened me, my family, my loved ones, my community, my country, and that is absolutely ridiculous. I do not think we've ever had a president in all of American history who made a statement that bold. He has made it clear. I'm playing on a level playing field. Shut up. And then the rest of his comments about not being able to, you know, who, who could buy a gun, who can't buy a gun, that's limited by the Second Amendment, bullshit, you're too stupid to even understand that. And then you couldn't buy a cannon? Oh, yeah, you can then, you can now, and you will be 50 years from now, you freaking moron. But God, how, this guy is a complete and total ass. But, I, you know, let's go to George W. and let's get his opinion on this. Uh, yep, there's that right there. All right, so, Mr. Biden, do you have anything else to say before we hang up with you? I'm not confident of anything. He's not confident in anything. Okay, well, hold on just a second. Get it? I know you think I'm nuts. Yes, yes, we think you're nuts. We also think you're a laughable asshole. But anyway, that wraps it up for today. I, I can't deal with any more of the politics. Listen, y'all, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for showing up. I appreciate you downloading. Before we take off, let's get into this one little last part.